0: Namaste, Jai Shivaya. Meditation and disturbances. How many disturbances are there when I try to sit and meditate? Right? That's how a lot of you feel. That there's noise outside, there's noise inside the house, birds are chirping, or kids are playing traffic moving traffic everywhere so how to meditate so then for you if you are asking that question then first thing to know is that it's not yet about meditation for you it is still about noise for you peace for you you're not trying to meditate you're looking for peace actually I'm not denying the fact here that yes, initially to calm down your mind, to calm down your thoughts, you do need a little bit of silent place. You do need some silent moments and some way you have to figure that out, right? But make sure you are not making it about the noise all the time. Yes, some noise is always going to be there. Even if it is like really, really silent, still your heart is beating. And it happens with It, it happens a lot of people. So many people. They come back with the problem that, you know, um, it's been a year I'm meditating and now... So much outside noises do not bother me, but my own heartbeat, that's all I keep hearing. (laughs) Now, what should we done? Should we, you know, stop their heartbeat? (laughs) That would be a really bad idea, isn't it? so see at what level noise can go <laughs> you will start hearing your own breathing the inflow of the air and the outflow exhale of the air so exhale and during exhale inhale you will start hearing the air flow even if when some everything outside is silent and then you will start hearing your heartbeat if you do Brahmari Pranayam. Then you will start hearing even more kind of things inside yourself the sound would seem to come from within you the gurgling of your stomach or the f- actually the flow of the blood in your veins you can hear it so while turning from outward while turning inward yes these are some of the challenges that we face but you are distract. these things are appearing to be distractions. Only till the time what you are doing hasn't really settled in you. In other words, till the time you are not yet very much convinced or 100% convinced about act, what exactly it is that you are trying to do. That it is going to help you or do something, you know, till the time you are in some kind of excuse mode, you will come up with 99 excuses. External noises, internal body noises and whatnot. But there comes a time when no matter. Even if a marriage procession is going through, like how we have in Indian countries, in India or in Eastern countries, a big marriage procession goes on, Bharat, so a band, a big orchestra playing somewhere, no noise will actually bother you at all. There comes a time. And that time or that moment or that state is called as vairagya, dispassion. So when you have enough vairagya has happened to you, then you are done with everything external. Nothing bothers you at all. Even during studies, it's the same thing. A child who really wants to play will come up with 99 excuses to not study. Now, can I go to bathroom? Oh, I really need to go to bathroom right now. Oh, this pencil is you know broken. It's not working. All right, you peel it. Now this eraser is not good. This eraser, and the eraser. Oh, my copy fell. The, my books are books fell down. Or that you know I need to drink water now. I'm hungry. Oh, you know my my friends are playing on outside or my friends are playing on you know that video game we have to play it's time now let me go or that this is disturbing me that is disturbing me why is it happening because child is not yet hooked to the studies he's not finding it very interesting right now so he's coming up with all sorts of things So, but when you really, when you grow up and you are in your college, in your high school or in your college time, and you know you have to study. You know you, you really want to do it. Whatever the score that you are trying to do or the subject that you are trying to pass, you know you have to get it done. Then you do not complain about somebody, guests coming to the house or... This not being available or that not being available, there's no electricity or you have to study in oil lamp or you have to go outside to the park to study alone, you have to find time somewhere to do something. So if you are hooked on to something, you never come up with the excuses. It's the same thing when somebody tries to learn music as well. Learning any instrument, musical instrument is not easy. It's a sadhana, it's a spiritual practice for decades that a person has to do. Decades and decades and decades of a practice makes one a maestro in any musical instrument or a vocal music. So, those who really get hooked on to that, they don't complain after some time that they never had time to do things. After all, music is something very much extra that you do other than studying and going to school and learning all types of chores as, uh, in, inside the house. And even when you grow up, you are, you are going to, the, to work and your work may not include music at all. But to make a, make a living, you go and you do your work and still, you are coming back and doing your sadhana, learning, still being busy with your music. You never ever complain about, oh, I didn't have time or that i had kids and i had this i had that and who will learn and who will do what all those 99 excuses happen only because you are not hooked onto that particular thing so it's not just meditation and then in order to create an environment a lot of people they will say okay so if i light a lamp then my meditation is going to be very good. It's good to light a lamp and yes it is going to create an ambience, create an environment. Yes, it's going to you know in some way help you with your uh, willpower if you light a lamp while doing a meditation. but or if I light an incense stick then or if I you know smudge the house with the sage or my room with the sage, then my meditation is best. Or if I go to this um, na- naturistic place, this mountain or that tree, then my meditation is very good. So if somebody asks you, why aren't you meditating or why, what was, what was wrong about your meditation? Oh, that lamp, I couldn't light that lamp today. Or, you know, uh, my incense, incense sticks are missing. So that smell is missing. So then that means you have a wrong idea of meditation if you are saying that your meditation did not happen properly today because incense sticks were, were not there you were not under that particular tea, tree you were not under your on your favorite rock you you did not have lamp to light up and you couldn't meditate so your quality quality of your if the quality of your meditation and the quantity of your meditation depends on anything external then you you are not meditating yet. You have not meditated yet. Meditation has nothing to do with anything external at all. There comes a time when meditation, the state of meditation, dhyana, the state of dhyana actually has nothing to do even what your body is doing. You may be driving, yet completely meditative. You may be cooking, cleaning, working in your office, yet you may be 100% meditative. You may, your body may be doing 99 hundreds of chores. Running errands here and there, your body may be running, you may be going and doing things. Yet you may be 100% meditative unbroken unshakable meditative state so you see where do we start we start with oh, why there is noise in the house why this is not there that is not there to even to the state where even what your body does does not matter so make sure your meditation does not depend on Any external factor at all. Yes, for some time, silence is needed. But it's the inner silence that matters. It's the inner peace that matters. Not the peace outside, the silence outside. Flow of thoughts is stopped, is controlled through an inner impact. It's an inner thing to do. There's no switch outside that will stop your mind from producing thoughts. That is why I say that for a lot of people, meditation is futile effort. It won't happen like that. You need to go through rigorous physical tapas, physical yoga, hatha yoga, kriya yoga. Intense pranayams, you have to go through all that in order to be meditative despite the fact that you are sitting in a damn movie theater. And people are crying, laughing, sneezing, coughing, passing here and there and glaring Dolby Atmos stereos are going on and solve full blown sound yet you are in your meditation. Where your body is located has no impact on meditation at all, in the later stages, not initially. Initially, yes, all these things matter but what I am trying to tell you is, don't let these disturbances stop you and still if you find it very difficult to sit down and meditate, instead do yoga and pranayamas, do kriya yoga. Do Hatha Yoga, whatever suits you. Do some Japa. Control your breath. Do intense Pranayamas. You will be meditative wherever you may be. (laughs) Intense Pranayamas. Two hours, three hours, four hours of one single Pranayama non-stop will make you meditative no matter after that where you are okay so choose the technique that works by sitting doing and tantrums and screaming everybody in the house that oh you should be silent you dare not make any noise I am going for sitting for my meditation <laughs> don't do us that Namaste.